Hi there, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. That was Zepparella. They are unbelievable. I had uh, Clementine on the show before. All right, standing by to join us is Shane Snow. Good morning, Shane. Good morning. We have a little less than 10 minutes, but um, tell me about Dream Teams and how that all came about. Sure. So Dream Teams was, uh, is an adventure through science and history to understand a paradox that you kind of see everywhere once you start looking for it, which is that when different human beings come together, we either make incredible things or we slow each other down and we fight. And we, as I say, we either break down or we break through. And this, this is how humans sort of won the planet, how we built everything, how we invented everything. Uh, it's how families work. And, uh, and it's also... I think one of the most important things right now is we, there's so many of us and, and we live so close together. There's a lot of really interesting science, uh, psychology to why groups of humans uh, so often don't add up to more than the sum of their parts. And so Dream Teams is an exploration of that through stories from everything from Russian hockey players in the old Soviet Union days to uh, rap groups to social movements and, uh, and kind of the psychology of what makes successful groups tick versus most of the time when uh, working together is hard. Right. So when you were um, setting out to do this book, did you have a clear idea of the research ahead of you or did it kind of invo- evolve as time went on? So uh, the most pretentious analogy would be chipping away at the stone until you find the statue, which I think is, is that Michelangelo or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it very much felt like, uh, as a science and business writer, I was fascinated by a range of topics that I was exploring, and I realized that there was a connection between a lot of the things I was writing about. And chipping away at them, the underlying thing ended up being this uh, science of human collaboration. But it very much started with an exploration of some interesting statistics around outsiders. So when immigrants move into cities, uh, cities that have a high percentage of immigrants tend to produce more patents, but they also have less voter participation. And and that was really interesting to me. And also I found statistics on uh, how there are so few, in in the United States at least, so few women cops, Mm -hmm. like 12% of the police force are, are, uh, are women. And yet 50% of criminal justice students are women. And yet women are much less likely to shoot someone or to have a complaint about uh, police, inappropriate police behavior per capita than, than men. And, and even more interesting, when men and women are partners or work on cases together, they do better than just two women or just two men. And uh, statistics like that uh, got me fascinated by this idea that uh, when different people start working together or bumping into each other, uh, that's how we can, can solve problems better and make magic and invent, but it also comes with the risk that, uh, that there's going to be trouble or, or conflict or confusion. And, uh, and so that got me set down this path of teamwork. But, uh, but yeah, it was a lot of things kind of at once that, that I started. Once you see these things, you can't unsee them. Right. That's kind of the story. Are there some glaring things that you notice about ineffective teams? Yes. And one of the most surprising, actually, is something we, we take for granted as, uh, as good teamwork, which is that it turns out that getting along well is not at all correlated with solving problems or innovation. Right. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, it's nice to, to get along and to, to be nice to each other and to, to work with people we love, but it turns out that that doesn't actually lead, you know, we, we think of teamwork as everyone is pulling together and they're happy and they're getting along and they love each other. And... In many ways, that can get in the way of solving problems because the best teams, the groundbreaking teams that you know create the future and uh, and solve problems better than before, they're the teams that are willing to engage in 
intellectual conflict. They're willing to debate, to argue, to speak up and say, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. And if you can do that in a nice way, where people are willing to change their minds, they don't take it personally, that's great. But often, you know, and we learned this growing up, you know, you know, play nice with your younger brother, like all of that. And, and in school, we, you know, part of the exercise and, you know, team sort of group work activities is about getting along. It turns out getting along is not the right idea. It's actually not getting along well that can lead a team to be smarter than, you know, whoever the smartest person in that team is. And that's something that is, uh, is just glaringly obvious in, uh, in all of the kind of the stories that we have in business and in work and all the things we try and do to get people to be similar and to love each other's personality and to avoid, you know, conflict. It's actually being able to engage in conflict well that makes the difference between a good team and an amazing team. You know, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, this is just like any relationship. Because, yeah. you, you know, you, if you just have this you know, fluff camaraderie and you, you, you think you get along, but you're not good problem solvers and you don't know how to um, share, you know, different opinions and deal with con- conflict and agree to disagree and then, you know, mm-hmm. take somebody else's viewpoint and then kind of think about it. And you might come back and, you know, you were right. I mean, yeah. all these little things remind me of a marriage. You know, there's a statistic I just ran into. I believe it's from the Gottman Institute, which studies uh, marriages. They're one of the, the big uh, think tanks on that. And, uh, and it's something like 0.5% uh, or having shared interests and, and loving the same things accounts for 0.5% of marital success. And so yeah, yeah. loving the same things and liking the same things and being similar personality actually has so little to do with whether you'll be successful in a relationship. Right. turns out that the thing that is much more indicative in a, in a marriage, and I would say this is, is probably true in business as well based on my research, it's how you handle sort of the meta emotions. So how you, uh, how you handle your feelings, how you deal with problems. If you are similar there as a couple, you have much more success. If, if you both would rather you know, take some time and walk away and think before you come back and talk, or if you both just have to get things off your chest when they're happening now, it's fine as long as both of you can handle that. But it's yeah. when you aren't on the same page on that front, because there's going to be differences. Like, just because you both like rap music doesn't mean your marriage is going to exactly. be successful. Yeah. It's actually when there are problems and how you work together. And I, I think that's an analogy that it goes far beyond uh, marriages. One statistic that I had in, in my book, actually, is when I looked at mergers of companies that don't work out. Same thing that leads to mergers not working out in the vast majority of cases is the biggest leading indicator that a marriage isn't going to work out in the next six months or so. And it's not when you argue, it's when you stop talking about important things. It's Mm -hmm. when you just avoid the fight, when you avoid the argument, that's when you know it's dead. Yes, absolutely. So unfortunately, we have to wrap, but where can people find out more about you, Shane? So my name's Shane Snow, and that's just my website, shanesnow.com. You can get Dream Teams there or, you know, any bookstore or anything like that. And uh, what about, you know, Twitter? Are you on there, Facebook? If people want Same thing, there? just my name. Shane Snow on Twitter, Shane Snow on Facebook. Um, okay. and, uh, and all that's from my website, too. And, in fact, anyone who's listening that wants to get in touch, uh, I have my contact info on there as well. And very cool that the afterword was written by Sheryl Sandberg and Adam Grant. They are a wonderful pair. And, um, and yes, it, it was very kind of them to do that, to talk about how their differences in working style have led them to do some amazing work with the Lean In Together movement and uh, as well as, as Facebook and, and Adam's work. So, Absolutely. yeah, I was pleased with that. Well, congratulations on your book. It's really great. Thank you. I appreciate right. it. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. That was Shane Snow calling in to talk about his latest book, Dream Teams, Working Together Without Falling Apart. 
Uh, we're going to take a mini break, and then I have uh, a few more guests calling in. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. If you missed any part of this, it is up on the show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. And if you want to follow the show on Twitter, I am at moms, M-O-M-Z underscore rock. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.